Thank you, Pastor, for having Sister Sherman and I come. We love you, appreciate you, love this church. Thank you, church, for being so kind to us. Every smile, every handshake, it's like we've known you forever. And I thank you for that. I really do. Your sincerity towards us. I believe that you're real. That you were not fake. That you did express true love. And I thank you for it. Very, very much. That's how you touch people's lives. Thank you. It's so good to have my lovely wife with me tonight. Besides Jesus Christ, she's my everything. I've never met a finer woman, Christian woman, than her. I live with her. And every morning at 4 o'clock, she rises mostly 99.99% of the time. She wakes up and... Her wishes is that I don't talk to her until she talks to God. She's better than I am. Much better. And I'm glad that she's here. There's many things I can say about her. And I see her pressing her fingers together and moving her arms and probably saying, I'm scared to death and I'm going to kill you after this service. She's slow to speak, precious. I know you won't want to come up here. Oh, you do want to come up here. God is really moving. <laughs> come up, sweetheart. Wow. Now, don't take the show. Okay? I'm not very loud, so I need the microphone. Praise the Lord. It's so nice to be with you all. Thank you, Brother and Sister Bushnell, for having us. It's a blessing to be here with you. And I just wanted to share a testimony that we got this week uh, from another revival. Um, I'm sorry, you, you can sit down if, if you'd like. Hopefully that's okay. Okay. Um, one of the uh, ladies in the church service that Brother Jeremy was preaching at, he, he called her up to minister to her. And... Um, he walked away, and if, if he stays long enough that he starts doing that, you'll see that sometimes that happens. So don't think that he's forgotten about you or he doesn't care about your needs. But he, he, he called her up, and he was going to minister to her, and the Lord started moving about something else. So he, he walked away, and he was going to come back to her. While he was ministering to someone else, she felt like the Lord said to go walk. And she's having problems with her feet and her legs, pain and swelling. And she thought, Lord, I don't want to go walk man told me to wait. He said he's going to minister to me. And she just finally started walking around the church. And she's just doing her thing where Brother Jeremy's ministering to other people. And she said, people are going to look at me and wonder who I think I am. I'm just walking around. But So she stopped. And the Lord said, I told you to walk. So she kept walking. And she started to notice that the pain in her feet was going away. And she said, by the end of the service, it didn't hurt very much. And she texted us during the week and said that she had no pain. She spent all day on her feet one day that her daughter and her, her husband was, was complaining, ready to go, and she was ready to keep going. So that was how the um, slow, slow faith, the gift of faith, the working of healing, and that Brother Sharon was talking about this morning. So sometimes it's just a little 
little act of faith, even though it's something small, if the Lord tells you to get up and come to the front, don't be like Naaman that said, I don't want to go dip in the Jordan. Be like, be like the man with the withered hand that, that just something so small, he got a big healing, big, big miracles came his way because he did that little act of faith. Praise the Lord. I just want to share that. Awesome. You all right, sweetheart. Everyone say praise the Lord. Mark chapter 5, verse number 21. I really feel to go into this. I looked at many people tonight, and while you was watching me, probably walking earlier, that's, I kind of do that, walk around, feel everybody's spirit, seeing uh, what I feel by someone, and if God's going to minister to them or not. And, and so I, I, I was just walking and feeling and, and hoping that I would talk to everyone tonight and that God would heal everyone. Everybody would just leave here totally just happy. And, and, but I'm behind the pulpit and he says, I want you to preach. So I have to obey him and we'll see. Mark chapter 5, verse number 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him. And he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh, <clears throat> there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live that's faith and when jesus went with him and much peter people followed him and thrown him verse number 35 and while he yet spake there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said thy daughter is dead why troubles thou the master any further as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said, turned around to the ruler and said, Be not afraid. Only believe. Be not afraid. Only believe. He knew what negative words could do. And he caught it right at the beginning and said, whoa, 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 let's stop here. Just don't be afraid. Don't change. Hold on. Just, just believe. Only believe. And I believe with all of my heart, God wants me to talk to you a little bit about if you will believe, he'll do it. Father, we thank you for what you've done already. Please help me to do your will. Please touch your people in Jesus' name. And everyone say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Only believe. Turn to your neighbor and say, only believe. Just trust him one more time. Put every negative feeling a thought away from you push it aside don't listen 
to what your flesh says or the devil is telling you or your neighbor is telling you or your friends are telling you. Just don't believe any negative words that fill your mind. Don't be afraid. Just simply believe. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It doesn't take a lot of prayer. It doesn't take a lot of fasting. It's just believing that God will confirm and do what he said he was going to do. Somebody say praise the Lord. I will say it this time. I want to make mention that prayer and fasting alone will not cause God to do anything. You can be you can pray every day, 8 hours a day. You can fast 5 days a week. And that's good. And you ought to fast and pray. That's to keep the flesh in submission and in the right place with God. But you can pray and you can fast. And when you pray, after you pray and fast, if you don't get up and believe God, nothing's going to happen. Somebody said, praise the Lord. I said, nothing's going to happen. That's why a sinner can walk right in the midst of our church services and never pray a lick and never fast a lick and don't know nothing about this. But hear the word of God about healing and they believe God and God instantly heals them. Praise God of their disease because faith moves God. It's faith that moves God. Not just prayer and fasting, but faith moves God. Simply believe him. And if you will believe him, he is going to do it for you. Turn to your neighbor, say, Sunday night, wake up. Say, wake up, we're having church service. We're having a move of God. God is in this place. Somebody's going to be healed. Somebody's going to be blessed. Somebody's going to be touched of God. This angel will go forth and touch somebody tonight. The words of the psalm, Pastor. I can remember when I first got in church, oh, 30-something, close to 40 years ago. The words of the song went something like this. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you've got. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. Faith is very a very powerful source because faith moves God. Simple faith. Simple faith. I'm a simple preacher. I'm a simple preacher. I, I, I try to be like everybody else, but it just don't work. You know, when you get, you, you get the call to preach and you watch all these other guys do so, man, they can preach. I mean, they can teach. They can do all this stuff. And so you try to be a little like them uh, so you can achieve and be successful. And they can look at you and say, oh, that's Brother Sherman. Did you hear that message? Did he teach real good? Was that deep? 
And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I tried that, but it, it just didn't work. I pastored 17 years, and I tried to get so deep. I got so deep, I got bogged down. Then I realized, just be yourself. Just be yourself. And But I found out that that simple preaching, which motivates the, the most of the people. Simple preaching is what gets the people's attention. Praise God. And a lot of people want to know great things of God and the deep things of God. There's nothing wrong with that. But when somebody's sick with cancer, you don't have to give them a lecture on it. And you don't have to give them three days of teaching on it. They want to just have a, their hand, someone's hand laid on them and say in the name of Jesus, I cursed the cancer and it's gone. That's simple preaching. That's simple preaching. Just simple faith. As a child, just believe it and it's Turn to your neighbor, say faith. Say, do you believe? Do you really believe? Do you really believe and trust God? Because if you do, your problem's gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. I told somebody the other day, I, I wasn't feeling well, and they said, would you like me to call the ambulance? I said, no. There's nothing wrong with the ambulance. nothing wrong with doctors. If you're a doctor, stay here. Keep paying your tithes. We love you. All that. But a nurse, all that stuff, we love you. That's fine. We, and we're glad to have you. And I'm not against doctors and all that. that, that, that. But automatically they said, you want an ambulance. And in my brain, I'm not very smart. But in my brain, why I need an ambulance when I got Jesus? Oh, brother, you got to help me. This church, hello. I said, why need an ambulance? And you don't, don't, some of you are going way down in your seat. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to hurt you. But hallelujah, I'd rather have Jesus on my side. And I do have Jesus. And by his stripes, I am healed. And I'm made whole. If I'm down, he can pick me up. If I'm depressed, he can make me happy. If I'm lost, he can save me and fill me with the Holy Ghost. I don't care where I'm at. If I trust him, believe in him, he will do it for me. And when you have faith, don't have faith for the moment and stop. Faith is a continuing thing. I remember one time my heart was going crazy. And my, my, my heart was out of whack and the beating was out of whack. And it was going like for 400 beats a minute and oh, it was going up and down and then I'll go to a hospital. No. You're going to die. Hallelujah. This boy is not afraid to die. I love my wife. I don't want to, you know, if I, and I don't know if she wants me to take her with me if I do, but uh, I'm not afraid to die. Hallelujah. That's just the door. Hello, Lord. Goodbye, y'all. So I stayed home with my heart flipping and flopping and doing all kind of bad things. And I was, oh, man, just feeling terrible. And I just stayed there minute after minute, hour after hour. Oh, you're my healer, Jesus. And everything in my body said, no, he's not. 
And all of a sudden, the devils must have came in the house. I don't know how they passed the angels that are around the house, but they did. And they just joined in with the, with the choir. And no, he's not. And the devil was saying no. And my flesh was saying no. And, and everything was saying no. And I said, yes, yes. And I, yes, yes. And one hour went by. Two hours went by. Whatever time went by. And all of a sudden, my heart just flopped over, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a medical, in medical terms, I'm not a doctor, but my heart started beating all right and everything was okay. I did not need a hospital bill. I did not need, hallelujah. I just had to stand on his word. I may be sick now, but I'm not going to be sick in just a moment. I may be down now, but I'm not going to be down. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If God be for me, then who can be against me? No weapons formed against me shall prosper. Somebody shout, I'm an apostolic. Pardon me if I scream now. I lived for the devil, 13 years old. I was doing drugs, taking drugs with pushers, dividing it, and all the selling. I did all kind of crazy stuff. If I did those crazy things with the devil, I sure can act crazy tonight. You do whatever you want. You sit the way you want. But I'm excited because God took an ex-drug head, a whole monger, a nobody, and filled me with the Holy Ghost and said, you're going to preach the gospel. I've got something to shout about. I've got something to get wild about. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. What he's preaching is true. Yeah, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You must exercise your faith. You must believe God. Oh, I'm going to skip all this for the sake of time. You must believe. And if you believe, it will happen sometimes the hardest things to us is just simply believe in God but yet it's the simplest thing you just believe don't try to figure it out don't use common sense with God everybody in the boat with Peter used common sense say, don't you go out there boy but the Lord told me to come. I don't care what he said. That's some water. And if you get out of the boat, you're going to sink. But the Lord said, it don't make no difference. Use your brain, boy. Your brain, don't go out there. And he looked at them and said, you are an ugly bunch. He said, go, I'm going. Jumped off the side. And I can see him looking at the rest. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't try to get out now. Stay where you're at. You didn't want to come with me? Stay. 
Lord, I, I'm coming. Because I can't use common sense. I can't use whatever that's around me that's telling me no. Well, your word says it. You said come and I'm coming. Your word said by your stripes I'm healed. I'm healed. Oh, somebody needs to get it tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost spoke earlier. The voice of God came to this place. Hallelujah. The angel of God's here. You just simple belief. You know what? All this while I was preaching, I was just hoping that somebody would come out of the seat and run to the front and say, yes, brother Shermie. Yes, God. I believe it. Turn to your neighbor again and say, are you believing? Are you ready? How can one believe the impossible? Just believe it. Because with God, all things are possible. I was called. One night I was called as I was pastoring down in LaRose. I received a call from a family and said, if you don't mind, would you come to the hospital? Uh, we have one of our loved ones here. He's in uh, ICU. No, CCU, critical care. And uh, we'd like for you to come. And uh, the doctor said that he is brain dead. And, hey, there's no chance. And so I said, sure. And I went to the hospital. Hallelujah. There's something for you, my friend. You need a touch of God. Am I not telling the truth? Your spirit is in need of God. God wants to heal you. Hallelujah. In your spirit. In your soul. And bring you to the place where you need to be in God. Sir, look at me. Would you stand? Is that okay? Hallelujah. Would you like that? Would you like God to touch you? Because you're waiting for it. You've been battling, you've been battling with all of this, and you seem like you can't overcome this. Praise God. And things are causing you to do things that you should not and would not want to do. Am I telling the truth without getting any further? So you do believe the man of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I see the thing that's behind you, the dark face that's tormented you. He's been revealed without going into it. It will go. And now I see the presence of God coming around you. Oh, this is what I'm feeling to tell you. And you can be touched of God if you simply believe. He loves you. He'll forgive you. He'll touch you. Am I making any sense? Lift up your hands right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Brother Bush, now the, that angel is walking right now. I wish somebody would worship with me. This is a soul. I'm pulling that boy out of the hands of hell. It's trying to destroy him. I wish somebody was with me. That angel's walking right now. That angel's coming to you, my friend. If you will believe God, hallelujah, lay hands on him. Somebody lay hands on him. I want to lay in the name of Jesus Christ. Of Nazareth, let it be done. Can I get 
30 seconds of praise from you towards this man. Look at Brother Jeremy. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening right now. The devil's a liar and the father of it. You are being touched of God. Receive it. Yeah. Lose him and let him go. That's it. 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 In the name of Jesus. Shout yes, 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 God, yes, God. I need your help. I wish somebody would rise up. Listen to me. What's your name, son? What's your name? Brian, how you feel? Pretty good. Did it, did it lead? Do you feel that you got what you needed? Now, I mean, Pentecostals, you know what we say? Yes, even though it's not. I'm sorry. And I'm not calling him a liar. He said, I believe him. But we make good liars. Because if we say no, then we feel like we, we're, we're doing something wrong to the preacher. Or we're doing wrong and we didn't do enough and we're no good. That's a lie. Jesus prayed and said, how oh, you see I see ministry? He said, let's do it again. You don't worry about what these people think. So did you get what you needed from God? And hold on to that. And things will open up in your life. Praise God. Like it needs to be in Jesus' name. God. God is with you. You have talked to God. You may be seated. And so, yes, in the name of the Lord, stop that clock. You'd be surprised if it did stick there. Then you believe, oh, I'm a believer. Look at the clock. Oh, I'm a believer. And all the while, the battery just went out on it. You people, something else. So they called me, brother, and I went over to the hospital. And when I was approaching the family, I, could, I overheard them. And they were saying, well, what color caskets should we buy? Now, he likes blue, so let's get blue. And I'm approaching them. And I said, well, hello. And they said, hello. And I could hear them. Well, we're going to get a blue casket now. And I said, he said, he's in there. And the doctor said, there's no hope. He's, he's going to die. He's brain dead. So I looked at him and I said, do you mind me going go, go and pray? Oh, we don't mind. We don't mind you going and pray. Just go in and pray, and we'll continue to discuss who's going to carry the casket. I wanted to dismiss that casket and get about six other. 
So I went and doing my business. You know, you go knock at the door. And he come, yes. I said, I'd like to go in and pray for someone. I'm a minister. Okay. You can go in and pray. He's so-and-so. He's over there. Now, don't make a lot of noise. When you pray, pray softly. One more casket. And so I went, and I went into the room, and then I proceeded to pray softly. And then anyone shows up and says, well, he don't hear you. Another casket, please. He don't hear you. So just, I'll just stay with him. You leave. And so I bend over that man's body. He had all kind of tubes and nothing. He was brain dead. There was nothing. He was, couldn't hear nothing. But I bent over to that body and that ear. And I said, you listen to me. If you will believe God. Well, he's not supposed to hear. But if I'm speaking to him. And the anointing's there. God will make him hear. That's the way I am, brother. And so I, was, I said, if you believe God. He'll heal you. And I kept on saying that and praying. And I stayed a long time with him. But that morning, when the sun got up, he was sitting up in his bed. And I was talking to him. And God had touched him. He didn't need no more tubes. He didn't need no more wires. He was no longer brain dead. God healed him. Hallelujah! If you will believe. He will do it. After I was through, they came around and said, would you do us a favor? I said, yes, what would you like? Would you go to each and every one of them and see you, see you and pray for them? Go ahead and pray for each and every one of them. I said, I'd like to. And in the name of Jesus, I went pray. And as far as I know, everybody left that CCU bill. Hallelujah. And God caused a miracle to happen. And a miracle, and a miracle, and a miracle. And you talk about a whole section of the hospital. Believe in why? Because somebody believed, and if you believe, he'll do it. I don't care what hell you're going through, I don't care where you're at in God. If you will believe him, if you're a sinner, he'll forgive you. If you're backslid, he'll bring you back. If you're full of the devil, he'll deliver you. I'm just about finished, brother. I, uh, I was in revival. I like to be in revival. I like to be in a revival that everybody believes God, too. I've, I've been in revival. I told him, I said, if you don't believe God, I, I might have did wrong. But I said, if you don't believe God, do me a favor. Leave. I don't know if the, the pastor liked that or not. That's what I did. But you get, in, you get in trouble if you do what Jesus did. Jesus did it, but you might not get another revival. 
Jesus was all right. He suffered. Don't get misunderstanding. But he died and then left. Came back as the Holy Ghost. I can't even come back as the Holy Ghost. And I told the church, I said, all of you that don't believe, leave. Well, anyway, I was in a revival. And the pastor's wife said, there's someone back here that needs the Holy Ghost. I said, well, that, that's cool. I like that. Anybody here need the Holy Ghost? Nobody? Everybody's got it? I need to go home. I'm not spiritual enough. That's okay. That's his business. And so, but if you need the Holy Ghost, you can get it right now. It's the Spirit of the Lord. He wants you to have it. Don't make no difference what church you go to. It doesn't I'm a Pentecostal Catholic. I didn't go well either. But anyway, she said, this man is. So I went there. And so I got up. I went to the man and was fixing to pray for him. Oh, she said, by the way, he had throat cancer. And he, he, his uh, vocal cords, they took him out of the mess so he couldn't really speak. Just kind of... Well, how does God fill somebody with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues and he can't talk? You talk about putting me on the spot. All right, preacher. Yeah. And I like, you know, pastor's wives. They just say, you come right here. You're the evangelist. We'll step back. You do it. And so, I just crazy enough to say, well, let's see what Jesus does. I have nothing to lose, brother. Nothing. I love God. That's it. And within just, I don't know, 30 seconds, a man that his vocal cords were destroyed and problem and cancer was speaking in tongues in front of both of us. Now that ought to excite you. A man that had cancer, hallelujah, was speaking in tongues, hallelujah. When God said, if you believe, I'll do it. It does not make no difference. Well, maybe one more story. Maybe. And uh, I... uh, I, again, was pastoring. I enjoyed pastoring. And uh, especially when the evangelist came around, I could relax for a while. Just, I'm bad. <laughs> He's my boss. And so I, uh, I uh, got a call, and this woman was screaming on the phone. You know how you girls do No, come on. Look at all the men don't know what to do. <laughs> Shut up, don't make a sound. But she was screaming on the phone, Help me, please, my son, please come pick us up. We have to go to the hospital. I'll be there. You know how pastors are. Take off. When I was a young pastor, just started pastoring. One girl called me, one woman called me and said, My dog died three o'clock in the morning. 
And I went there and was going to bury a dog for her at 3 o'clock in the morning. And she chose to bury it underneath a tree with all the roots. If I ever passed her again, the dog can stay dead. She can dig it or she, I don't care. I ain't going to dig no hole for no dead dog. If you leave church, throw your tithes away, I could care less. But I was young. I ain't doing that no more. Unless Sister Sherman wants to dig. Dig, baby, dig. But I ain't dig. And so I left and went there and picked her up. She got in the car. I had a little small station wagon. I was a little bit smaller than I am now. A lot smaller. And we got in the station wagon and headed on to the hospital. About halfway, she let out a yell and started screaming, my baby's dead. Oh, my Lord. I pulled on the side of the road and I said, you drive. I should have never said that. Bring us to the hospital and give me the boy. And I was kneeling in the back of a station wagon with this young boy in my hand. He was as hard as this floor. He must have been dead when we got in the car. I could not bend him. I could not do anything. He was not breathing. He had his eyes open and a white film over his eyes. The boy was dead. Here, a young pastor going to the hospital with a woman with a dead boy in his hands. And the only thing I could do, I didn't have the experience of this man. I didn't have the years of this man. Good men of God. I had nothing. I just had simple faith. And I looked towards heaven and said, God, I'm a nobody. But you can do it. So in the name of Jesus Christ, would you put life in this boy? And when I said that, it didn't take 40 days of fasting. It didn't take 40 hours of praying. When I said that, the boy went, <gasps> took a breath. And when we got to the hospital, that little boy had his mother by the hand, walked in the hospital. God brought him back to life. The doctor said, there's nothing wrong with that child. You can take him home. Just simple believe it. If you will believe him, he will do it. <sighs> now what we're going to do. Ooh. You feel the Holy Ghost? What are we going to do now? What do I do as an evangelist at the end of the service or the end of a message? Close the iPad or mini iPad, whatever you call it. And, and what do I do now? How do we handle this part of the service? What type of, what should I do now? Should I call you? Should I go to you? I can only do that if God lets me do it. Just like this man just a moment ago, this young man. I felt it. Aren't you, you saw the way that God moved on that boy? Young man. There's a lot of you I look in your faces and I see you want something and you're hoping for me to come because it gets confirmation and it helps you to have faith. But what happens if God says, I want you to have faith without the man? Is this all right? Well, I know you told me not to say that. What happens if I do this and just leave it on you? Why are you doing that, Brother Sherman? Why would God do that? Because you're fixing to enter 
a dimension. Let me tell you something. There are angels that came into this building today. There's an angel that came here. But there are angels outside of this building. What do you mean? There are angels outside of this building that are not in this building right now. Why? Because it's a different dimension than what you're in. And they cannot work until you allow your faith to get in that high dimension. And when you get in that dimension, then they walk in. And then you see more. And the things that you go through, that you want your pastor to take you out of, and you don't know why you're going through it, after 30 years in my ministry, about 30, 32 years, I have suffered for 30 years in my body. This is no lie. And I've questioned God. I've questioned preachers. I've questioned men of God. And they couldn't give me an answer. They were wondering themselves, what is wrong with him that he's always sick? That he's always going through those things. Why? Why does he go through those things before a revival? Why does he go through those things after a revival? Why does he have to have so much pain and suffering in his body? Why does he have to have this cancer, that cancer, this cancer, that cancer, that cancer, heart attack, this and this and this, when he's a fake preacher? Why? Do, because I feel you. I can understand you. He took on their infirmities. He was a man that was acquainted with grief and sorrow. If you ever pray, let me be like you, Jesus, you better be, you better, you better watch it. Because he was a man that was just concerned about souls and felt everything. 30 years later, I had gone through a spell of just tremendous pain. You can ask my wife, just rolling on the floor, just, just tremendous pain. Didn't know what was going on. Just, Lord, should I take my life to this? Is this all? No, it's all right. Just, just terrible. Just didn't know. Oh my God, I can't take it no more. And as I was walking that day after open heart surgery done and all these things done that I can't understand, people healed under my hand praying. People healed and delivered of devils and cancer falling off their face, falling this and that. Seen so many miracles, lame walking and all, and I'm sick all the time. And God, after thirty something years, He spoke to me. He said, "There's nothing you did wrong." I said, nothing I did wrong because I was, oh, God, what am I doing wrong? He said, you didn't do nothing. You know what it is to go five years without hearing God? That's hard. But you still walk. But here I am. He said, you didn't do anything wrong. I said, I didn't. No. No. You didn't do nothing wrong. He said, I put you there. And then he explained to me, and that was personal. I said, okay, Lord, but why couldn't you tell me this in the early? You know what he told me? You know what he told me, sister? He said, because you were not able to take it. He said, if I would have told you what I was doing with you, you would have got puffed up. You would have said, look at me. God is using me for others to be touched of God. Or, he said, you would have said, God, I don't love you anymore. Why? 
He said, but you finally got to the place after 37 years that I could tell you. And you're in that place that you can be and walk with me and not get puffed up or angry. So you're going through things. Why are you going through those things? Because you've got to feel. I'm, I'm changing my whole sermon. Forgive me. But it's because he's preparing you for a different level of anointing and faith to see things happen. And that's what he's doing. Again, if I never come here, you get another evangelist, whatever. But that's what he's doing with you, putting you in a different dimension of faith. And the other angels come here. So what do we do right now? How about we just take baby steps? And I know you've been here for how many years? 32 years. I'm not trying to say you're babies. But can we get from Acts chapter 2 and step into Acts chapter 3? I asked God. I said, God, fasting and prayer. I said, I hear about sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so and all these people that are praying. They've been praying and they've been praying. They pray eight, ten hours a day for the last 50 years. And I believe they do it. I said, my God, that's enough prayer to save the world. I mean, why things not happening? Why is this? Why is that? It's not happening. Why, 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 why? Prayer's good. And I'm not talking bad about no one. Please don't misunderstand me. But he said, you got to walk in faith. Simple. What happens if I tell you that within six months, by your faith in God, he'll put a hundred souls here? What happens if I would tell you that if you believe God the way you should, he can do it. Well, I don't know. You know, we've been what? So what? I spoke to a woman. I know it's five, six, I don't know what time, seven something. I'm sorry. But let me tell you something. I spoke to a woman, went in revival, and I looked at her. What's in here? Remember? And, and with Brother Gibson, if I'm not mistaken, I was there. There was an elderly lady. She was sitting alone. God started ministering to her about her daughter's. Am I right, Sister Jeremy? And I was ministering to her about her daughters. God was, excuse me, ministering to her about her daughters. And God began to tell her what this one was saying, how that one was doing. She was crying. I said, what would you say? Or I said, ma'am, your five daughters are going to have received the Holy Ghost. She started crying. The next service, they were all lined up. And five received the Holy Ghost. He won't until you believe. Now, what would you say 
if God, if I say God would like to heal each and every one of you in this place. Now, there's some elderly people in this building. And I've heard preachers tell me, look, they're older and they're just old. And you just got to leave them that way. And they're old. Because that happens. And I understand that. But I guess I'm a fool. Because he did not say by his stripes you're healed if you're a certain age. That's right. I don't believe in arthritis. I don't believe it. I don't believe he wants you crippled. I don't believe he wants your spine moved. I don't believe... Oh, Brother Sher, I do not believe it. And I've seen one, a woman, in Brother Major's Church, Brother Master's Church, she had rheumatoid arthritis. She was like this, always in pain. I was preaching, ministering. God touches. She started screaming. Everybody went to her because she was in so much pain. She said, no, no, I'm screaming because I have no more pain. I have no more pain. The arthritis is gone. I am healed completely. Call him up. So if you believe me at 728 tonight, and I don't know what time you usually leave, praise God. I'm a long-winded preacher. Okay? But would you believe me if I say you can be healed of whatever sickness you have? Remember I told you I was healed of epilepsy? Well, not too long after that, well, it was a few years after that, I had a seizure. Blew my mind. Lord, you heal me. Why did I have a seizure? I was brought to the hospital. Here I am. They're filling me up with dialant that burns like fire. And here I am in the, in, the, in the emergency room. And I, God, you heal me. What's going on here? All of a sudden, the doors open. They're wheeling in a man. God said, this guy, his name is so-and-so. He has epilepsy, and I'm going to heal him. They roll him right, ha! They roll him right beside me. I took the curtain and pushed it back. I said, is his name Charlie? His brother said, yes, he is. Do you know him? I said, the Lord told me that he has epilepsy and that God wanted to heal him. He started to cry. He said, yes, I prayed for him. He got up, left the hospital. I spent the night. I don't know why I went to Houston, Texas to get an oblation done on my heart. God touched me, but I still go to Houston, Texas because it started going crazy again. I am in this little room. This oriental girl comes in, lady, comes, just her and I, you know, all the way to Houston, Texas, $65,000 or whatever it was to do this thing in my heart. Why? Why? You know, I prefer buying me a truck and a fifth wheeler and go preach. No. Please, Lord. No. Why, Lord? I want you here. Why? Within just five, ten minutes, I was talking to her about receiving and praying for her, about receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why I had to go to Houston for that little girl to hear about the Holy Ghost and God touched her. I don't know. But hallelujah, I was willing to believe. I was willing to believe. And if you believe, he will do it. 